Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kevin and Courtney Upsall are our very special guests, and they are either saints or Hi. angels or both. And the uh, the two of them are in uh, the uh, or on the Ukrainian border and on the Polish side, uh, helping uh, as volunteers. Um, the uh, the so many thousands a day, thousands and thousands a day, uh, refugees that are coming from the Ukraine. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Kevin and Courtney are uh, on their own dime. They flew out here from South Dakota, and they are helping out at at a shelter. And, and they just don't make a lot of people like this, but um, maybe they can tell us a little bit about their experience. Kevin, Courtney, how are you guys? Uh, exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, Courtney, let me start with you. Uh, give us a little of your uh, of your background on how you got here, and and the town that you come from in in South Dakota. And how did the whole process of you and Kevin talking to each other um, end up coming here? Well, we, uh, we've we got uh, businesses of our own. My husband's a funeral director, and I'm a, I own a sports bar. Um, and when I graduated from high school, I joined the military. Unfortunately, I didn't get to stay in very long. I blew out my knee. Um, and... Uh, so that was, you know, during 9-11 when uh, those, when everybody wanted to join the military. But besides that, uh, we have three children. And I woke up one morning, and Kevin always goes out and he has coffee and turns on the TV. And I heard kids crying, and I thought it was our kids. So I jumped out of the bed quick, and I went out of the living room, and I said, what's going on? And it, it wasn't our kids. It was the kids on the TV from Ukraine on the news bawling, screaming their heads off. And that was Friday morning. And uh, we got to work, and, and Kev came out to my work for lunch, and I said, we should do something. He said, we just we felt so helpless. And uh, he said, let's do it. And I was I was kind of shocked, and I said, "Really? We can we can go." <laughs> it was like trying to ask if we could go on vacation, but not a vacation. And and that's that's what we did. I spent about seven hours on the phone with, uh, you know, trying to get this all put together. And and we flew out on Monday. Is it Monday? Monday morning. Yeah, we flew out on Monday. It seems like we've been here for a month, but we flew out on Monday morning, twenty nine hours, and and. Got checked into uh, this little place in Shishao, uh, and uh, we've been driving uh, an hour to Sheshmo, and then an hour back every day. Uh, we work about 14 hours there, 14 to 16 hours. Um, and I can let Kev kind of tell you what we're what we're doing there. Well, Frank, what we're doing uh, the the biggest challenge that we've had is has been the language barrier. Uh, you know, when uh, I guess when you grow up with one language and you stick with it, <laughs> you try, you've traveled to Poland and, and now you realize <laughs> how much of a shell you've been in. Uh, thank God for the translate apps on our phone. It's really helped us a lot. Um, 
when we first got to the shelter our first day, uh, the organizational parts of things were, they were okay, uh, but it was really true that the volunteers were just helping where they could. Um, the organizational part was, was obviously the, the point of, of uh, contact for the refugees coming up uh, were delivered via uh, commercial buses. Uh, and even transport buses uh, in uh, Shelvmo was uh, they were also going down to the border and bringing people back, uh, you know, to the tune of, you know, some of those buses had 70, 80 people in them. Uh, all of them basically one bag, maybe a carry on type size, and even in grocery sacks and bags. Uh, and it was all they could take. Uh, it was really. Uh, an impact moment to realize that this was about as real as it gets for them. Uh, but they wanted to, we had to bring them into the facility for registration for a couple of reasons uh, to be able to uh, learn where they were from, what their destination is, and then also helping them reconnect with family uh, to know if they've had loved ones go through that checkpoint. Uh, at that point, they were free to go in. Uh, and uh, find a cot. Uh, we provided them with uh, all the necessary needs that they have. Uh, they slept a lot. My guess is they've been walking, traveling for a lengthy time, and sleep was uh, important to them. Uh, so we tried to be in the bigger areas, quiet, so they could sleep. But then also to get, as we noticed yesterday, organized so that they could get buses uh, put together for them to complete their journey to their destination, whether it was uh, in Poland, Germany, Italy, France, Sweden, uh, Norway, uh, a number of different countries. And what they've done is they divided this large mall area into different groups uh, that were those countries because each country has different paperwork them to fill out and so they would go through that process of getting the paperwork put together and once that was complete then we noticed that the eastern half of the parking lot was the bus dropping refugees off the western half of the parking lot was for buses to now take them and get them started on their journey to their final destinations so that's the process in between feeding people keeping them as clean as they can uh, people basically sponge bath and bathing uh, in sinks uh, in the bathrooms and to have that many people in that facility do that it takes a tremendous amount of time you know Frank uh, just a couple of things that have happened that Courtney, we've really noticed just keep your not... thought keep your thought a second I'm going to remind folks that are just tuning in or just turning on their radios Frank McKay here so much more importantly Kevin and Courtney up Saul, and they'll, they'll correct me on the spelling. Uh, Courtney will as I interrupt her. But um, I, what what a what an amazing story they have. And I met them here in uh, on the border of the Ukraine, and they're they're on the Polish border, and they've volunteered and they've come on their own dime. Just absolutely amazing. Haven't met many Americans here yet, and you know I've been uh, I've, I've been here for over a week and. Uh, and of hundreds and hundreds of folks, uh, very few Americans. Uh, Courtney, uh, yeah, please go. Uh, continue. I'm sorry to cut you. Uh, just, just you know, there was a couple of things that really, uh, you know, 
touched our hearts and it's it, you know seeing the reunions between families when they're getting off the buses or when they realize that someone's there we've seen that a couple of times and that's been kind of a tearjerker for us um you know there was a lady who uh there's she they were told us that they're so afraid to walk along the roads because um the kidnapping and the trafficking is so bad um because they're so vulnerable so they're walking through the trees for days until they can get to the border and 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 try to get to i'm going to call one of these shelters and uh, there was a lady here that walked for three days with her child in a in a in a stroller and her and her baby was sick and uh a, a friend of our we call him our friend now he's he's from norway he seen her walking across the street and and about hit her, picked her up, and, and she just was crying the whole way back to the shelter. And it was just, you know, it's it's really, really sad. We went to the border. Um, it was it was pretty intense. You know, there's guards up there and, 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 and people crossing, going back and forth. And uh, there's a place called Tent City there where, where when they're crossing the border, they go right there and they can get blankets and and, and food and water, but then they have to wait for buses or vehicles or registered drivers. Like we're a registered driver to be, bring people back to the shelter. And it was very, it was so cold. Uh, yesterday we spent, and that's why my voice is a little raspy. We spent, we were at the shelter for 14 hours. We probably spent, I'm going to say 11 and a half of it outside. And it just, the temperatures are so bitter. And, and for them to walk days on end, compared to us being outside for, you know, 12 hours and, and we feel the way that we do, I can't imagine what they are going through or what they have been through. It's just, it's so sad. And, and we came here because we want to just, we want to help do what we can um, for the amount of time that we can take it back. And hopefully more people will go there and help because they're so appreciative. Um, we, we put on gloves and and grabbed toilet paper from the back room and we cleaned toilets last night. They were so bad, but we're not we're not above that. We we I mean and they we just we dug into it. We didn't have we don't have a boss. We do what we see needs to be done, and what we can do to help. Amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. Let me remind folks once again, Kevin and Courtney Upsall. Uh, are a very special guests, and they're from South Dakota, and they're here helping out the Ukraine refugee uh, crisis. And when I say here, they're they're on the border of the Ukraine. Uh, they could uh, throw uh, throw a rock, almost throw a rock, and get over there. Uh, but they are they are on the Polish side. Kevin, let me turn to you. And and following up on what Courtney was hearing about uh, about the human trafficking uh, threat, um, is it? Is it that? Is is it a threat? Is it a uh, obviously it's a, a serious concern, or is it something that uh, you're hearing stories of of people being kidnapped during this ordeal? Well, uh, not directly, uh, Frank. Uh, what we're hearing, what, and this may have been true before we arrived. Uh, keep in mind that as we've been here, we've seen the organizational structure of that of that uh, uh, camp, if you will, or, or that. Uh, uh, place where refugees can, can land uh, and get organized. Um, I think before that, there was probably some very vulnerability uh, to that issue, uh, whether it was children or it was um, adults. Uh, keep in mind that 
when uh, when the president of Ukraine said all young men or all men uh, between the age of 18 and 60 should stay and fight, we are seeing elderly couples older than 60, and we're seeing young ladies, young women, and children. So there is a real vulnerability there for something to happen. And that's why it was so imperative that we be registered as a driver. Uh, I have a band on my arm that shows that uh, I am a registered driver. So in other words, when I go to the, the border and I go to Tent City and I say I've got room for three people, they know there that they can trust me because I've got this green band on my arm saying, okay, he's registered. He's going to take us where we need to go in Poland. So uh, I think it uh, has been an issue. Uh, is it getting better as it's gotten more organized? Absolutely. Uh, but the threat is always there because, you know, I hate to say it, but there's people, bad people that take advantage of situations like this. And unless we're here to help those people correctly, there will be members of the Ukraine family that fall prey to this. Absolutely. Courtney, uh, turning to you, and uh, you mentioned your military service, and we we thank you for that, and, and we appreciate um, your, your efforts not only here but what you've been doing obviously is well-spent life and you're, you're taking time away from your three children uh, both you and Kevin to to come here and to help other people's children's uh, children and uh, and their families but l- let me ask you this as far as the anticipation of what you were expecting to see here and and the ultimate in in realizing what it is uh, how much different uh, is it than what you expected Um, you know, I think, uh, I guess I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, it's, I think it's worse than what we expected. Um, it's, it's, I'm trying to find the right words for it just because I think it is. And I, and I don't say that in the sense that there's not a place for people to go or there's, there's, you know, Kev talked about the organization part of it. I think it's hard to organize, um, for something like this in in just a minute's time you know when you when you when you're not expecting an invasion and it happens and people are hurt and they're trying to run away um and then all these people just say please help me and it's not just you know a couple hundred people it's thousands of people a day you know you, you have to go through that for a week before you realize what works what doesn't work and and it's just been it's absolutely heartbreaking i mean you can see it on the news but when you're actually in it it's it's even that much more heartbreaking and you wish you could do more and just to jump i'm hoping that we don't leave here and go go ahead no go ahead you're hoping you don't leave here and go well i just I don't want to, I, we're hoping that we can, and like I said before, leave here and and encourage other people to do the same thing, you know, come here and help. And you don't have to speak, you know, Ukrainian or Polish, or we've met several people that speak English. There's, there's a couple of guys uh, that we talk to quite a bit every night, actually. And they're both from Britain and, uh, and they're doing the same thing. They don't, they don't speak any of the language and they're, they're running around helping where they can. If, if they see somebody needs a blanket, we go grab blankets and we start covering people up. And, um, so I just, I, I want to encourage people if you can do so, even if it's, even if it's for just a week or, 
or a few days come come and help because they appreciate they they very much appreciate it they appreciate a, a bowl of soup or you know well of course uh frank on the on the uh, the side of kevin, finances before you, uh kevin, even before you have go, people kevin yeah. hold, keep your thought frank mckay here so much more importantly reminding folks kevin and courtney upsall is uh are our very special guest uh, guys you're gonna have, have to correct me on my pronunciation it's upfall is it is that uh, the proper pronunciation? Upsol. Upsol. Yep. And they're from uh, Frank is Nor. It's Nor. It's Frank is Norwegian. We did the best we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're Norwegian and they're just wonderful. But they're they're Americans and uh, and they're they're just uh, lending a hand and uh, just absolutely tremendous. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kevin and Courtney Upsol is uh, are our very special guest. And, um, uh, again, we're on the uh, Ukrainian border. Uh, I'm actually in, uh, you know, in, in a different area right now than they are. We met, um, I, I don't even know where we met at this point. We met the, at the airport, I think. But, Kevin, go ahead. You were going to fill us in on something. You know, I, the one thing we've got, the, the two organizations that are that are there lending uh, their expertise would be uh, Global Aid Network and then also the uh, World uh, Central Kitchen. Um, if my information is right from relatives of mine in the D.C. area, that uh, the gentleman that has kind of become the spearhead of uh, the World uh, Central Kitchen uh, owned a number of restaurants in the D.C. area, and uh, he has now moved into full-time serving people like this in this scenario in a tragic situation to make sure that these people have food and and one of the things he's best known for is uh, saying that uh, there's, there's no way to feel better than if you feed people. And I think he's absolutely right. Um, when you look in their eyes, uh, the refugees that get to our camp, you can see the, the depth of despair and uh, maybe lack of hope. Um, but I think to be able to, you know, a smile knows no language barrier. So when you smile at them or even give them a hug or a touch on the shoulder, um, uh, the, the, the compassion level rises and that if, if you can get give them a sense of relief and maybe that there is hope, um, then how do you measure that type of uh, connection? Cool. We don't know their names, but we know what they're going through, or at least we have an idea what they're going through. Uh, Courtney, uh, we we got a, a, about two minutes before break. Um, let me ask you this, and and I I hope that you share, and I'll I'll share as soon as I know how much it uh, it end up costing us, because I there, I know there are people out there that want to help, and they might be listening to us now and saying, hey, maybe I would do something like that with my uh, with my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever. Um, what what do you imagine this is going to cost you financially? Uh, in, uh, in, in dollars? Um, well, that's a hard one to answer. Well, it's, it, it's, <laughs> is it a few thousand dollars or $2,000, $5,000? Uh, I'd say probably total. We've spent about six, six grand. Six, uh, we'd say six or seven. Wow. Uh, keep in mind that, you know, when you, when you, when you book a flight, 
the next day it's always more expensive right, right. and that's what we did I mean, that's, you can't you can't say oh let's plan a vacation a year out go to ukraine and help refugees you just can't plan that you just have to um you have to do the best you can and uh, you have to sacrifice uh, uh we did have a trip uh this summer uh, with the kids that uh i think probably saw a sacrifice in that so I guess with that, I guess even our kids have donated yeah. to this cause. You're not uh, they're just not here with us. Well, listen, keep keep your thought. Stay with us one one second. I do want to say to people, uh, don't let that number discourage you. That uh, again, these people are angels and uh, saints. If you could afford that, right. um, please, uh, you know, do so. But there are cheaper ways, and I'll let people know if they contact us. Uh, cheaper ways to go, and obviously booking. Um, you know, booking the cheapest route in uh, if you're coming as an individual or as a uh, or, or as a couple, um, I, not doing at the last minute, obviously, is uh, is going to make it cheaper. But don't. Yeah. Don't think for a second. Uh, don't think for a second that uh, that it'll cost you six grand to do this uh, and give any way you can. There's some good organizations. Uh, there's one in Romania who have done uh, an, an amazing job. I'll give that a little later i'll give that that site it's on my social media people can go there frank mckay signing off just for a moment and we'll be back right after this break more with uh, breaking it down and more with kevin and courtney upfall uh and and again guys a quick pronunciation before we go just one quick pronunciation upfall you're right frank upfall upfall good enough um we'll be back right after this I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kevin and Courtney Upswall have been our very special guests, still our very special guests. And let me remind folks that are just tuning in a little late who they are. They are a couple. Um, Kevin is a, a funeral director, and, and Courtney owns a sports bar. And they have three children, and they live in South Dakota. And they have uh, have spent their own money to get on to here to the border of the Ukraine as the refugees come pouring in to Poland and and all of the all the neighboring countries. And I, I met them uh, at an airport in Poland, and I can't even think of which one. I've been flying back and forth to a bunch of different spots, but uh, we have um, uh, we met there and. And uh, and and uh, hooked up and connected and then separated, and I have them by phone right now. But what a job they've been doing! They've been part of a shelter that has, uh, you know, look, everything's just starting now. So it's a it's a shelter that has just been put into place and is getting more and more organized uh, before their eyes. And literally thousands and thousands of refugees are being helped by this uh, by this shelter. As we speak, and uh, and each and every day, and as it gets more and more, um, uh, I, I guess imperative to get people out. It's becoming more and more machine-like, and they have Kevin and Courtney for a couple of days more, and hopefully we'll get some more people out there to uh, replace them, and I'm sure they will. Uh, Kevin, Courtney, welcome back. Hi, thank you, Frank. Uh, Courtney, let me start with you again. Um, the reaction of people to me when i said that i'm i'm coming to uh the ukraine um they they immediately thought danger and 
you know, I, I guess so many people saying, uh, you know, the danger of the Ukraine. When I was walking in uh, into the border, over the border for the first time from the Romanian border over to the Ukraine, um, I, I didn't I didn't feel fear or I didn't feel danger. What I felt uh, was was unbelievable sadness as they're on that line. And I was walking against the line. I was walking in. I was the only one walking in. And they, these hundreds and hundreds, these countless people, um, it, it seemed like a, a, a never ending sea of sadness. I keep saying I, it just it, it was so sad. It was quiet. Um but murmurs, you hear murmurs, very little conversation, and every once in a while, weeping, people weeping and people consoling other people, but murmurs, very quiet. And I walked in as a you know member of the media, and people were looking at me, I guess wondering what's going on. I, it, it took me, once I got through this line, and I, 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 I just, I, I can't describe it, but I went around a... I ran around a, a truck, and I, uh, I I needed to compose myself for at least the first 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, before I could ask anybody a single question. But I, it sounds ridiculous. I, I knew I wasn't going to Disneyland. I knew this was a, uh, a sad situation, but I, I completely underestimated how much sorrow I'd be experiencing here. Uh, Courtney, your, your thoughts on that, and uh, is it similar? It is. It, it's very similar. I mean, uh, and and it's not just, you know, working at the camp. We've, it's it's not just the Ukrainian people. It's it's, uh, you know, the people that we've met from France, the people that we've met from Italy. We, you know, we unloaded donation supplies from some people from France last night, and and they were just, you could tell that they were hurting for the people that were there, and. Um, We've seen that several people in wheelchairs and and the people that are pushing them, they're just they just look so tired and exhausted. And and it's not just that physical exhaustion, it's that emotional and mental exhaustion. Like what happens next? And and that's that's sad and scary. You know, there's a there's a portion when we got to uh, the camp, we didn't realize it was there. So uh, we went to the. We, we were told go to the back room because we were looking for blankets. Actually, uh, Frank was the one who got us there initially from the airport. Frank, if you recall, you said, "Well, the train station in South Mill is a place where there's a lot happening. It's the train station is centrally located, you know, across the border." And so we, we, Frank, thank you for letting us follow you down there because we found our our place of mission across the track, so to speak, in this newer uh, shelter. Uh, but it was uh, it was really up to you to get us to where we needed to be. So, Frank, thanks for that. Yeah. You know, um, but we uh, they, they told us to go to this back room, and, and that's where all the blankets and the donations would be. So we walked in there, and, you know, we, we thought, this is all the people that's out here in the main part of the building. You know, registration, go to your different rooms, find a cot, you can sleep, food, water. And we walk in this room. On the left side of the room is the people that don't know what they're going to do. So you envision thousands of cots in a room, and this is the side that has people that, that don't know what they're going to do. And on the right side uh, is cots, and there, there's probably about I don't know, a couple hundred cots, a third of what's on the left side. 
of people sleeping, and those people were going to Italy. And uh, and you walk to the you walk to this back room, and Kevin, I just stood there for a minute because it was so overwhelming. When you walked in there, there was kids crying. There was there were mothers crying. There were grandmothers crying, and it was just you could see the scared in their eyes. Um, and it was just I don't want to say disheartening, um, but at the same time, you. I think that was the scaredest I have been for the people um, because we're not, we're not in Kiev, you know, we're not seeing what is happening on the front lines. I'm going to say we're seeing kind of, um, I'm going to say the aftermath of those people that have been able to get away. And it's very scary for those people to know that when we leave here, we're going to our home we know where our destination is gonna is gonna be and they have no idea and for me that is very very sad and 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 very scary um not scary in the sense that oh no we're gonna get a whole bunch of people in in the united states we should open up (laughs) we really should we would you know start start sponsoring families bring it bring people over you know kevin i talked about that too if we could sponsor a family um just you know it might just be one family but the more people that know about it the more people can help and i and i think it would be it would it would be a lot better no question so it has been very sad uh, you're listening to the voice of Courtney and Kevin Upfall. Uh, Upfall. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I don't know why I have a uh, problem with that. Uh, you, you guys, uh, what you're going through, the least I can do is get your names, names right from South Dakota. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Courtney and Kevin are our very special guests, and they are, are putting together uh, just a wonderful um, uh, set of work uh, here, and hopefully – uh, I don't know how they replace them, but they uh, they will. Somebody will come and and somebody will will uh, attempt to do what Kevin and Courtney are doing now, and um, it, it's going to be a uh, they're, they're the first first rung of, of the people that are going there. Courtney, did you want to say something? Or was that? Kevin? Oh no, sorry, I was coughing. That's okay, Kevin. <laughs> let me let me turn to you, and you know I, I asked. Uh, I asked Courtney before, you know, about uh, anticipation and uh, and the uh, the overall um, reality of what hit you. Uh, let me ask you the same question. It, it, obviously, much sadder than you expected, than I expected, than Courtney expected. But what um, uh, what what did you think you'd see when you came over here? Did it look anything in your mind like what it is here? Well, as I've been here for a couple of days uh, working and, and trying to, I guess, uh, uh, kind of break it down in my mind of what I'm seeing, I, I think the best way to say it is I, um, I am witnessing probably the strongest, bravest people uh, that I have ever met in my life. Uh, this was not their choice. They had to take and leave their home. And if you can imagine your home, Frank, and then say, I'm going to take – a carry-on bag size suitcase, put everything in there that I can that I want to take with me and leave their home. Uh, you talk about brave people. That is 
I can't even begin to put it into words. Uh, but yet we see it every day. And they come in and they have a very, uh, you know, the, the look of shock on their face, the look of sadness is uh, indescribable, uh, but it's real. And uh, if this is their low point, then we have to be the start of their upward trend to a better life, either eventually someday back in Ukraine or in a new country. Um, there are organizations that will help place families, I would think. Uh, we just have to get them engaged and get them part of the scenario. Kevin, staying with you for a second, I interviewed a woman yesterday, and she came from Kiev, and, uh, and she uh, had some story and some journey, uh, a 20-hour journey with her, her family, um, and uh, they, were, they basically had seen no Russian troops other than the uh, Russian troops that, uh, that led them, that ex- escorted them out of the, out of the, the city of Kiev. And, um, and, and uh, you know, that's kind of disturbing as well, meaning uh, probably sounds like the Russians are in control of, uh, of Kiev if, uh, if they're being escorted out by, uh, by Russian troops. But then the 20-mile trip, they didn't see any Russians. So I imagine, uh, I, I imagine that means that uh, that the uh, the hope is for the Russian side that they're getting everyone out, so they can do whatever they're planning on doing. But the saddest moment in my conversation with her is that she felt that she was going to be back in a couple of days. And uh, I, I didn't correct her. I don't think it's, uh, you know, and she was there with her 12-year-old daughter. But uh, she said, hopefully we'll be back in a couple of days and this will all be over. Are you hearing that type of, uh, I, I would say, uh, overly optimistic view from anyone? Or are you hearing the opposite? Um, I don't know if I, I can see that we've heard that. I think that's, uh, you know, her optimism is compelling. But I don't think it's very realistic. I think this is going to go on a while. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And it's not just, and it's not just the war part; it's the rebuilding part. You know, it's it's going to go on for a long time, and and you know, just it's a lot like the stages of grief. You have to accept it, or not accept it, but you have to. Um, I mean, you look at all those stages, certainly as, uh, as someone who's lost their home, uh, you know, a loss is a loss. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, you have to go through a lot of those, those those stages to begin to deal with, you know, how you feel about that loss and, and where you're going to go from here. Uh, and I imagine all those people are to a certain point dealing with, with all of those stages, uh, whether they're angry or they're bargaining or, or accepting it's uh it's something that they're all going to have to come to grips with absolutely we met we met a polish kid whose family is in ukraine um actually he's ukrainian but he lives in poland he's going to school here, he's going poland. to school here but he uh he stopped going to school to help in cheshmo at the uh, camp that we're working at um because he said that he wanted to go fight but his parents told him no they wanted him to stay there and help um, the people that needed it most, and they don't have any plans of of leaving Ukraine. They they said they built their home there, and and they're going to stay with their home. So he was very he was very angry. He was 
he was angry at, at, at Putin. And he said, I'm not angry at Russia. I'm not angry at, at, at the Russians. We've met several Russians at these camps that have fled also that are there, um, that lived in, in the Ukraine. So it's been, you know, I, it, I don't. I don't think that these people want this to happen. Well, I think there's. A, I think there's a family connection between. I think the Ukraine and Russia, uh, with families uh, being related across the border, are, are more than what we realize. And I'm afraid that there is, uh, you know, brother against brother or cousin against cousin, uh, because they're invading. Uh, you've kind of seen some of that on the national media, but not a lot. Uh, but I think that's happening too. Yeah, amazing. Frank McKay here. We have a couple moments left with Kevin and Courtney up, Saul, and they are our very uh, special guests. And um, uh, again, angels, saints. I, I don't know how to describe them, but they're they're one or the other, and uh, and they're just. Uh, we are uh, we are ordinary people, Frank. We're ordinary people, Frank. We're not angels. We're ordinary people. And uh, we just wanted to make a difference. And Kevin, uh, you, you being in the, you being in the funeral business, um, you, you have to deal with sorrow and and grief, um, uh, you know, uh, constantly every day. And uh, as a, as a profession and uh, helping people get through that uh, very difficult time in their life, um, I said, and I, I don't know how else to describe it, but when I, I, I'm going back to that initial walkthrough of all of those people, I, I likened it to, uh, I likened it to walking into um, hundreds of strangers' wakes, and not knowing anyone, but knowing that these people are much right. like us, and all of these people have suddenly lost someone that they love very dearly. And not only was it was it sorrow and and heartache, uh, but there's a, a fear of not knowing in there. I don't know what else to describe it as, but uh, you're in the business, and Courtney will will end with you ultimately. But uh, Kevin, just a, a quick thought on on that scenario. I mean, what what else could you compare this to? Well, uh, I think you're uh, you're pretty accurate with your description uh, with that. I mean, the loss is. Uh, that not only initially leaving their home, but also as they've traveled across uh, Ukraine to get to Poland and eventually to our, our camp, uh, I think the loss is, uh, the sorrow there is extremely uh, apparent. And, um, you know, we feel uh, much empathy for these folks and, and trying to help them is, uh, is, is our goal. Uh, I've often described what Courtney and I are doing in the whole scheme of things. It's a pinprick. Um, but if we can help just a few people, um, there's been a number of times where we've walked away from helping someone and it does feel rewarding to a certain degree. And we're not doing this just so that we feel good. Uh, but that act of kindness does feed back to you too. Courtney, let me, so. uh, Courtney, let me turn to you for a final word. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes. Give us your, your final thoughts, and I guess you won't have final thoughts uh, until you leave, and then uh, you, you might not have f final thoughts uh, the rest of your life on this. It'll, it'll constantly be uh, evolving. But as of, uh, as of now, uh, what can you tell the people 
uh, the feeling you have from from the whole scenario. And, and if you can um, try to sum up the, the different emotions that you've had and, and that Kevin has had uh, since you've gotten here. Um, well, I could say just, just with the emotional side of it, when, when we were getting ready to leave, talking to our family back in South Dakota and telling them what we were going to be doing, you know, everybody was very scared. Uh, we want you to be safe. And of course, that's on any trip that you go to, but obviously more now than ever because of what we were seeing on TV or hearing on the news uh, that was happening. Um, we were scared on the way here but we thought this is this is something we need to do and, and kev's absolutely right we we might not be able to help a ton of people um and the amount of time that we're here but we can help some and that's what we have been doing um but my my fear is not i'm, I'm not scared anymore for myself i fear for the people that are here with not knowing what's going to happen next. That's, that's where my emotion is right now. And, mm. and, and just that heartbreak. Um, when we got back, um, we tried to rest a little bit just from, you know, working 14 hours yesterday and I took my boots off and, and Kevin looked at me and he said, is that blood on your feet? And, uh, I, I had blisters all over my feet. We were just, we've been on, we, you know, working 14 hours a night, um, and and just nonstop and in the bitter bitter cold, and I and I told him I said this is nothing compared to what these people have had to endure, you know, miles and miles and miles and hours and hours and hours, just walking with no water, no food, no bathroom, you know, some with nobody next to them, walking in the dark trying to get to safety, and if they can do it, there's no reason why we can't work through the pain a little bit. And, and, and that's where I'm at right now. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to, we're going to get ready here as soon as we're done with you. We're going to head back again. Frank, one thing I'll, one thing I'll, one thing, Frank, I'll just tie into that. Uh, you know, uh, even though there's a lot of sadness and despair in this whole uh, tragic event, uh, yesterday we did see some things that made you smile. And I'll share a couple of them with you. Uh, we walked into the back. I'll call it a gymnasium. It's the one where there's the, the folks that are going to uh, Italy and then the folks that don't know exactly where they're going, thousands of, of cots. But there was a portion of that room that was bare floor space. And there were volunteers and little kids playing a game of soccer. They didn't have goals, but they were playing and it made me smile yesterday, and I and I thought that was a bright spot for me. Um, and then a lot of the folks that are coming here have dogs or cats, and to see the dogs play with each other, and to have the, the, the refugees laugh about seeing that occurrence, the thing happen, it, it's little things. But they are very meaningful things. It's a, it's a, it's that happy emotion that they are running on empty with, and to have that happen and be like this, just to watch the, and the the adults that are watching the kids and the volunteers play some soccer, it just it just brought a moment of joy in in a time of such sorrow. So it was. There's always hope. We always we always have to hold out hope that things are going to get better. You know. Uh, 
my grandfather told me that there's an old Norwegian saying, and it's sometimes, Kevin, you just have to take down your pants and slide on the ice. And what that means is you just got to get through it. Yeah. And that's how grief is. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go on it. You got to go through it. And, you know, with God's help, these people are going to get through it. Um, there's some key uh, the boots on the ground here that are, that are making things happen. Um, Courtney and I are playing a small role. But we're happy to be a part of it because it's it's so important. It's humanity at its best right now, helping people. Oh, listen, Courtney, Kevin, thank you very much. Do you have a quick website? And give it quick. Uh, we're, we're short on time here. Uh, do you have a, a website or a social media site where people could follow you? Um, we, the businesses? We really don't. Uh, we're, on, we're on Facebook. <laughs> All right. Well, give us give us uh, the spelling just, of your uh, last name. I, just quickly give us the spell. Sure, it's 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 yeah, it's Kevin and Courtney, and then uh, the last name is Opsal. It's spelled O P S A H L. That's O like Oscar, P like Paul, S like Sam, A like Apple, H like Henry, L like Lori. Kevin S A H L. Kevin Courtney, thank you very much for what you're doing. Thank you very much for being here. Frank, uh, we uh, we hope that maybe the next couple of days we can see you again. Uh, it's been good to meet you. Thank you for all you're doing as well as getting the word out. Uh, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. The same to you. Kevin and Courtney Upsall, yep. everyone, has been our very special guest. Upsall uh, finally got it right already at the end. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're fine, wonderful, sir. wonderful <laughs> people. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>